Hey guys, Avery Carl from the Short Term Shop here. I wanted to welcome you into our 10 episode deep dive on the Outer Banks and Carolina Beach, but also to let you know that we have some supplemental materials to this on our website for you guys. It's called the shorttermshop.com. And there we have a section where you can look at properties in these markets, see what the current purchase prices are. You can set it up to save a search for you and email you anytime a new property in those markets in your price range comes out. We also have the AirDNA data, thanks to our friends over at AirDNA for this market. So you can use those two things to analyze. We've got a calculator for you there too, to help tie it all together. And if you guys are ready to maybe start talking to an agent in this market, you can email us at agents at the shorttermshop.com and we will connect you to our expert agents in this market. Or maybe you're not ready to do that, but you just want to hang out with us more. And that's cool because we want to hang out with you too. And we have a Facebook community where you can do that. It's called Short-Term Rental, Long-Term Wealth, same title as my book. And it's just a community of 60,000 of our closest friends who are sharing best practices and just kind of hanging out with other real estate investors. So it's pretty cool. And we hope to see you over there. And last but not least, if you have questions, you want to talk to a real person like myself, it will be myself actually and Luke. Uh, we have an open office hours every Thursday, and you can sign up for that at strquestions.com. And you can ask us any questions that you have about short-term rental investing. But now we'll get to the episode. All right, all right, showtime. Short-term show special episodes. Number five, number five in uh, the uh, OBX uh, Carolina beaches uh, area, basically covering the entire coast of uh, North Carolina. And um, great to have everybody here. Joe is uh, is in the Carolina beaches uh, as usual. Meg in the Outer Banks. And we have some short-term shoppers on the call. Jordan and Anna Kate, uh, who are from Iowa, which is my neck of the woods. Uh, but they did purchase with the shop in uh in uh joe's market so it's great to have you guys here um and uh, speaking of we're gonna put our team together this is joe and meg's opportunity to plug themselves basically uh best way to find an agent you know wh how what do i look for in an agent and then again you know plug yourself basically because we are talking strictly your markets um and then uh, and then we'll let jordan and anna kate talk about how how how, how awesome joe is basically but joe what what is a good? You're a kick-ass real estate agent. Let's be real. Um, how do I how do I find such a thing? Oh man, that is a a great just layup for me. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. But I mean, number one, the best way to find a fantastic agent, especially if you're looking for a short-term rental, is just go to the shorttermshop.com and uh, sit in in one of our calls. And because this is all we do, and we live and breathe the short-term rentals. But uh, when I'm uh, looking for a real estate agent, like number one, the biggest thing, it's market knowledge and it's repetitions. It's looking for guys who are closing deals and girls that are closing deals and that really know their market and know the numbers. My, uh, my personal favorite agents have investment properties like I do. Um, and yeah, that's, that's the main thing is just being in it and being in the vein of um, knowing what's going on because the, the real power of a great real estate agent in today's market is the negotiations. Like that is the main thing. It's like, how do we like get a fantastic deal under contract? How do we find one that's going to work from the numbers transition? Um, I mean, I, I absolutely love whatever I'm looking for one. And especially if I'm looking for like a brand new, like if I, if I was brand new trying to like get into this of finding someone who's in the, the weeds of it, I'd be looking for an agent who's in the game and does a lot of repetitions and has their own properties. I mean, 
Thanks for joining us today on today's show. That's uh, really all we needed. Uh, it was perfect. Uh, thank you, and uh, we'll see you see you next time. No, but just uh, just kidding there, Meg. What uh, what what's uh, what's it take to be a good agent uh, in your opinion? I I have to agree with Joe on everything that he said. You know, you you need, definitely need to find someone who's not new to the area. They need to be living, breathing in that area. You know, like I've been on the Outer Banks here since 2012. I started, uh, actually 2011, started, you know, my first place was a new construction home that no one thought that anybody could build on it. Um, we gutted it, run, you know, or gutted the land, cleared the land and um, done a lot of different projects since then. So I know about, you know, long-term rentals, short-term rentals, um, new construction, renovations, Um you know, a lot of what we'll be talking about today is our, is building our team. And I think just having been in that process um, through all of those different types of, of rehabs and new construction, you know, I've got a pretty extensive list of, of contractors that I have used personally, you know, been in real estate now for a handful of years and have lots of recommendations from, from other agents, um, people who they like to use. But yeah, really just your your knowledge of the area, uh, fam being familiar with what's on the market, um, you know, listings, how quickly things go, how quickly things sell, pricing on on uh, listings, you know, is it too high? You know, are we are we able to to budge any on there? Uh, yeah, so that's that's my thought. Really, Absolutely. just one percent knowledge. of all real estate agents are worth a damn. I mean, to be brutally honest, you know, I mean, it's literally like one and a half percent, right? Um, and, and it, there are real so, today. Yeah. And there are so many agents. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it, sometimes you got to say, it's like, okay, I'm a real estate agent. Here's my card. But I don't know if you realize, like, I'm, I'm kind of a baller, you know what I mean? Like I crush it. And, and, uh, and I appreciate that being married to one of the biggest real estate agents, literally in history. Uh, and I'm a huge fan of, of my agents that I use even outside of the shop to buy properties in, uh, in other markets and things like that. Um, so I appreciate you guys and I really uh, value what you do. Um, and, uh, 93%, 93%. Here's another statistic. Although I made up that 1% one. Um, this one is not made up. 93% of all real estate transactions are executed on market, believe it or not. So, you know, when you get deeper into real estate, you kind of start to think that all the deals are like, hidden some behind some secret door in this random wholesaler from a different town or whatever. Um, but uh, that's just really not true. 93% is right there on the internet and that's where the deals uh, are trading and happening. So anyway, if I, if I give the opportunity to kiss your ass, I will do that uh, at all times. So uh, Jordan and Anna Kate, um, what was your experience like with Joe? Yeah. I mean, it was great. So I initially, when I called Joe, that some of the things you guys said resounded with me. So um, I wanted a realtor that lived in the area and also knew the area. And after talking to Joe, obviously it was apparent that he knew the area, but also wanted somebody that had invested. And so, because I was personally, I was like, I don't know if I want to do this whole short-term rental thing. I, I was more of the person that was afraid to get my feet wet. And Joe was the person that like kind of pushed me over the edge. He's like, Hey, you got it. You just, if you don't ever do it, you're not, you know, you're never going to do it. So, um, I wanted somebody like Joe that had properties, uh, in the area and knew the area. And, and that's kind of what Joe really brought, um, for me to the table besides his great personality. Mm, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and his attire is fantastic as well. Um, and, and about to be a father, isn't that yep. just the greatest thing ever? He's going to be, you're going to be the best dad. I can't mm. wait. 
Uh, October nineteenth. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. What was October? October. Yep. Nineteen. Okay. Great. Um, I will be sending gifts. I've already sent gifts. Uh, but anyway, yeah, but so, I really appreciate it. It's I'm a wonderful. gift giver, man. I like to I, I like to prove my value uh, <laughs> by giving gifts. But anyway, so um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of folks out there saying that you should try and maybe do stupid stuff, like use more than one agent at a time. Uh, anybody have thoughts on that? I, to me, that just sounds like a terrible waste of time for everybody. Um, I think part of the problem is, you know, if you're a buyer and you're working with several agents, you're gonna you might hear different things from one. One might be right, one may not be right, um, and and you're kind of duplicating your efforts. So even that buyer is wasting their own time by using two, in my opinion. I think it also helps that we're so specialized in what we do of where it's like, I'm not out here slinging primary home purchases and like helping people pick out like, oh, I love the the fact that this granite countertop is beautiful and it like really pops with this wall color. And I'm over here like, I can get that entire thing replaced for 7,500 bucks and I can paint this whole house for 10 grand and it'll be whatever I wanted it to be. And so um, I'm not the guy walking people around like, helping them just go, oh yeah, I hope this house makes you feel good. I'm over here like, what's our cash on cash return? What are our numbers? Like how many people are going to be rolling through the door with this on reservations? Like it's just a very different person. And so I'd say really know what you want to do and then marry it with what you can do. And then that's where you're going to get the most value out of a good real estate agent because they're going to take that and just knock it out of the park for you. Yeah, I got two things there. Uh, number one, when the hell did it become $10,000 to paint a house? It's crazy what the prices are. And it's not just that. It's in everything. You know, prices are are high. Um, and then also, I, I kind of equate that to being... Uh, uh, to dating in my twenties, you know, when I was 23, I thought that the, uh, the more girls, the better. And then you get older and you're like, dude, there is no way I'm going to deal with more than one of these at a time, you know? So it's the same thing for me with agents. Um, you know, the, the, the more mature and the better you get at it, uh, the, the more you realize the, the, who's right for, for you. Um, and then I guess it also boils down to style. How do you decide who's right for you? And, and for me, I like somebody it communicates well. Uh, that's that's huge for me. Um, I I personally like somebody that uh, is going to text. You know, uh, I'm a text kind of guy. Although sometimes you just got to jump to the to the chase and get on the phone and things like that. But uh, uh, how much stock do you take in in somebody being responsive quickly versus being busy? Jump. I mean, response rates Meg. to me are. Oh, I'm sorry. Who are you asking? No, go back. Sorry. <laughs> Um, I mean, I think response rate is, is really important. Um, you know, I think I, I take calls well into the evening. I'm not saying call me at midnight. My phone will be off at that point. Um, but yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going to be responsive. I, I, I think when you get to the point where you're just juggling too many and you're not, you're not representing your, your client. Well, if you're not even able to, to take a call. So How, what's your preferred uh, method of uh, communication, Meg? Um, I, I love email. I'm a, I'm a very visual person. I mean, texting would also fall in that. I worry about with my text so that sometimes I wait a little bit further along in a transaction before, you know, like when someone's kind of under contract that we're really texting a lot. Um, I think email in the beginning, it just helps me with just keeping everything organized and consolidated. Um, but ultimately I'm, I'm going to do what's best for my client. If, if they are exclusively texters and that's how they want to, how they want to communicate with me, then I'm, that's what we're going to do. Uh, Jordan and Anna Kate, how uh, did you communicate in the process of buying your beach house? 
Um, I think just to speak into how Joe handled it, um, he was really intentional about setting up meetings with us. Uh, we have two kids, so bedtime after bedtime was great. So we talked to Joe a lot while he was taking an evening walk or run. Um, and we just appreciated that intentionality of him meeting the time that we were in in our life when we bought our house. Um, I do feel like he was really intentional with meeting with Jordan on the phone or text. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan's probably more of a phone call guy. Yeah. Um, especially in, in like the anxieties of buying a new property for the first time and managing from Iowa. So um, I just think being responsive was definitely something that Joe was. For yeah. Us. yeah, he was very available. And again, he also set up like his own boundaries on he, he's got a he's got a date night. And so we respect that date night. Right. <laughs> and uh, so I went and and that's healthy. So um, yeah. just having an idea of what your realtors um, uh you know, priorities are and, and also respecting like they have a life as well. Um, I think that's good. That's huge. You know, no. I mean, I respect that just from a human perspective because you can't, the marriage has to be, there's marriage green and Joe uh, just got brought up. So I'm just going to go, got to be number one at all times. Your, per, your, per, your professional life cannot function if things are not functioning well at home. So Joe with his date nights, look at this. Um, yeah, Wednesdays. Casanova. Wednesdays. Yep, yeah, I still I still know what day it is. Yeah. Wednesday, five p.m. I'm off, and uh, you get an auto text if you text me at that. What do we do? We go to dinner. What are, What are we gonna do on a date night? Oh, that's great. So, um, I we do like going out to dinner. We like uh, long walks on the beach. But my wife is like oh. really pregnant right now, so oh. she's uh, we're not doing a ton. We're What's uh, the favorite restaurant. Keeping her out of, of the heat. What kind of restaurant is the is the number one favorite go to? We're just now Ooh. it's a dating it's a dating uh, podcast. Yeah, and now it's a dating app. This is gonna be great. Um, so number one go to. So we. We love sushi. And so oh, Michelle's sushi. been very upset that she's not been able to eat sushi recently. So it's got to be cooked or something like that. Mm. But uh, sushi is our number one if we're feeling bougie. Um, if not, we love Thai food and uh, we love like Greek food. And so, and then uh, we just kind of go all around the gamut. We'll go get Mexican food. We'll go get, I mean, all that fun jazz. I, like once a year, Michelle's like, let's get a burger, which is an awesome mm-hmm. day for me. Um, mm. But uh yeah, no, this, this is great. We like to do fun activities. We're going to go play putt-putt soon. That's going to be fun. What's your, like oyster, what's your oyster situation like there in North Carolina? Are they any good or are they being shipped in? Okay, so I'm super spoiled when it comes to oysters. One of my uh, best friends works on an oyster farm in Virginia. And so uh, when you get them that fresh, when he's pulling them and handing them to you, it's hard to eat oysters anywhere else. And so I don't get oysters out. They yeah. That is a huge thing here on the Outer Banks. You get them in the Burr months. So September, October, November, December starts to get to be a little bit late, but um, yeah, no big and they're local and local. you just go and yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. And yep. Big or small. Good. Um, they're pretty big, big, big. size. Yeah. Okay. And then the, right. the shells, the oyster shells, like you repurpose the shells, you're supposed to recycle them. You'll see people's not driveways, but like they're where their uh, mailboxes are. They'll have the shells. They'll have little shell beds for, you know, by their gardens. And, but you definitely reuse this, the shells. Way off topic, well, but I think it was well <laughs> worth it. Joe, did you, I'm sorry. Did you have something there? I was going to try and steer us back. I was like, we've okay. gone, you know, my, my date night <laughs> all the way back, but I actually had some comments um, on uh, just kind of your agent setting expectations is really where this came from of like having that call up front of like, Hey, I'm available. There are these times that are protected, but making sure that they're, I mean, you're serving your clients here as a real estate agent. Like that is your job to serve. 
And so whenever like you've got to work around other people's schedules and you've got to be available and I make a ton of phone calls while I'm driving and you just find places to work in that communication that works best with everyone. And my typical preferred communication is if it's something to do with the transaction, something to do that has a, like not a hard timestamp goes to email. Email is the best way because that's where it's going to get pushed out to all the right places when I've got time to focus. That's a focused conversation. But if this is like, hey, there's a property that hit the market and this looks like a good deal. What do you think? That's a shoot a text to me immediately because the text gets instant priority because with every single deal that rolls through, time is so important. Like we call those listing agents immediately and do everything we can to fight to get that contract because that's where the deals are. And if you're not willing to like jump on that time, thing, it's going to be hard to snag those great ones. Well, thank you for joining us on this episode of the short-term show special episodes. But anyway, no. Uh, and one more thing I want to throw in there is <laughs> um, uh, mic dropping. Drop Two mic drops already. Um, one more thing I want to throw in there is be careful with referrals. If you're brand new and you're going into a market looking for an agent, uh, obviously in this market, you go straight to the shop. We would love that. We'd love to earn your business. Uh, that being said, uh, referrals are a little, uh, weird for me personally. I, if I get a, you know, somebody says, Hey, try this agent. I'm going to, I'm going to straight up ask them, did you use this agent on a transaction? Did you close a deal with this agent? Especially if it's coming from another agent, uh, because they're probably getting some sort of cut in the background. So be uh, aware that that does exist. Um, Meg, when I'm brand new, uh, as a client, um, working in this market, uh, let's say I'm coming to work with you. Uh, what are some good questions I should be asking my agent? Yeah. Um, I, do you, do, how well do you know the market? Do you live there? Do you own properties there? Have you done short-term rentals? You know, what type of investing do you do? Um, and then just basic knowledge, you're like, Hey, I've heard about, um, this due diligence fee that North Carolina, it, it has, you know, can you, can you explain that to me? You know, there are some very specific things, to North Carolina and to the Outer Banks, um, you know, they, and they may not know to ask that question, but I'm going to share that information with them. Like, hey, this is something you should probably know about this market. We're a little bit different in some ways. Um, but yeah, I think just really their knowledge, their experience here, um, those those to me are the, those are the big ones. Yep. Joe, anything to add to that? No, I mean, that's a fantastic list right there. And like, mm -hmm. um, again, going back to marrying what you can do with what you want to do. Like it's super helpful if you can step into that conversation with your real estate agent on like, Hey, this is what I'm pre-approved for. This is what my ideal situation is. What do you think? Because then the agent gets to look at it and go, Hey, that's a great idea. This could be an awesome property, except you're trying to buy in this location and these homes are on slabs and they flood like crazy. Have you considered over here? And now I know your price point. So I can move you to kind of this direction of where you're actually going to make more money and buy a nicer house. And we're going to put it within the bounds of what you want. And so giving the agent some parameters to work with instead of, hey, I want to buy a, a beach house and I want a really good deal, make it happen. Um, that's a really, really hard spot to put an agent in because then like, we don't know. It's like it, to you, it could be a great deal to Joe Schmo over here. It might be a terrible deal. And so coming prepared, huge. Look at this. Look at who, where are you going to find an agent that can talk like this? At the, here at the short-term shop, we have super agents. Okay. Um, let's slide, uh, not closing the door on agents, but slide into uh, lenders. Jordan, I'd uh, like to hear from you uh, how you uh, chose the lender that you went with for your beach house. So actually from a lending standpoint, I have another uh, 
a family member that's gone through the short-term shop as well uh, and used um, a couple different lenders. Uh, so I kind of was just asking him, hey, you know, how, not everybody does short-term rentals. So I was trying to figure out, hey, how does this work? Uh, what kind of a loan? Um, still learning more and more about loans. Uh, but I listened to a lot of your guys' podcasts about conventional loans. How many conventional loans can you have? Um, so yeah, really just reaching out to other folks that have short-term rentals and saying, hey, who's the best person you know, to lend you uh, for that rental? Okay, wonderful. And Joe, um, you, I would assume, have some lenders. What, what is it in your eyes that makes a, a, a really good lender, especially for somebody who's just starting out? Mm, a really great lender is going to be available. And so it's going to be someone that you can talk with and strategize with, not someone who's just going to like, try to run you through like all the rest of the cattle. It's like, okay, this is what your goals are. And they're going to try to figure out what you want to do in the future, because the way they do this loan um, is going to have an impact all the way down the line. And so it's whether you're going to go conventional DSCR, um, whether you're going to do a second home loan, like they're going to really have, they're more of an advisor and that knows how to do really good loans. And so it's making sure that you have someone that again, has the repetitions, and someone who's done this type of property before, it can be done um, with a national lender. It can be done with a local lender. Um, there's pros and cons to each. And so I'm a really big fan of like, check out multiple people. And also exactly what you said, Jordan, like talk to other people in the business that did it and got it closed and ask them what their biggest hiccups were. Um, that brings a, that sheds a lot of light on this type of knowledge. I totally agree with everybody. Uh, Jordan uh, is is uh, is 100% right. You got to ask around. Um, find somebody that's uh, closed a deal with somebody that you know and, uh, and, and ask them how it went. Two things about lending for me is that, uh, number one, it's the most important part of purchasing real estate. You got to be extremely knowledgeable on this subject. Uh, when I very first started in real estate, that's where I really went nuts. I'd... I'd uh, got obsessed and decided to learn literally everything that there is to know about lending. Uh, and my other point is everything I learned back then does not apply today. It changes. It's constantly evolving. Um, and of course, I'm out of my conventionals for quite some time now anyway. So you got to move into commercial loans and, and that kind of thing at some point. But uh, um, if, if you really want to get into real estate, stop playing around, looking at Zillow. You can do that. It's fun. But you you really need to start l listening to podcasts and, and reading. I don't even know if there is a great book on the subject, uh, but uh, asking as many MLOs, loan officers as you can, a billion questions. Uh, Meg, anything to add on finding a great lender? Um, I tend to encourage folks to use a local lender here and um, – the reason for that is that really our local folks, you're going to get going to close on time. I think, you know, and, and, and it's almost from the perspective of the list agent and the seller. They want to know that the property is going to close on time. And, and I think that there are times that uh, when you're not using someone locally, you're in a multi-offer situation. I actually have been declined. We did not accept your offer because your buyer is not using a local lender. Um, the other part of this, which is benefit to the, the buyer, um, is that with that local lender, you're going to get a local appraiser. Um, the one time I had a house not appraised, the appraiser was not local. Every other lender, every other transaction that I've done, 
um, is either coming at or or over the offer price, which was has always been very refreshing. It's been nice. We've not had any any of those uh, appraisal gaps at all. Yes, uh, Joe, do you roll your eyes when somebody comes in with a big nationwide somebody that was on a television commercial? Like uh, I won't name any names, but. Uh... You know what I mean? Um, that's a really great question because I have seen some done perfectly and I have seen some done terribly. Um, I've had probably some of my worst experiences in that situation. And so I do always approach it with caution. Um, I always want to make sure that everyone knows their options as well. And if that's the best option, that's the best option. Um, I have been in some situations before where one of these larger national lenders um, dropped the ball at the last minute. And then we had to fight for a extension and um, essentially restarting the loan. And so just make sure you vet everybody. Like I've, again, I know people who do a really great job with those guys and really enjoy working with them. And that's great. I have not had that success in my own personal portfolio, but um, I have seen it happen. So it can go either way. I agree. Uh, Anna Kate, how important to you was the interest rate on the loan? Um, I'm going to pass that to Jordan. <laughs> I am the uh, the work behind the management of the property better than the money part. Uh, so I'll let you answer. Yeah. That. So I think um, that was one of those things I, I was working with uh, Joe on. I was like, hey, I want to re- really want to make the numbers work. And I kept going back to like, oh, the numbers got to work. And we got a decent rate. It's It was before everything spiked um, really bad. Um, I mean, it, obviously, it's it's important because you're looking at cash on cash, like what you're going to make, uh, what you're going to pull out of it. Um, but it wasn't the end of the world uh, if it was a little high, because at the end of the day, we're also looking at the equity we're going to have in that property, which mm-hmm. uh, to Meg's point, we had our house appraised, um, I think it was 25000 above what we purchased, the purchase price. So we're already rolling into, you know, a, a house with some equity in it. Um, so that, that, that wasn't a, a huge deal. I don't think that was a, a deal breaker. Um, and then kind of going back to also the, the lending piece, um, you know, we asked Joe for recommendations uh, and whatnot. And so he kind of, he kind of helped guide us through that. What, uh, you know, he didn't, tell us, hey, to go to, with this person. But um, asking, again, going back to the, the folks that know what they're doing and have, have done this time and time again, uh, I think is is uh, paramount. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well said. All right. Uh, home inspectors, a uh, little known fact. I went to home inspector school. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, how are we calling and vetting these inspectors? And, um, and, and am I hiring the inspector? In other words, a lot of times I see folks that are like, uh, uh, hey, Mr. Real Estate Agent, I need a home inspector. I need your home inspector. But uh, to me, it doesn't work like that. I need to, you know, maybe give me a referral, that kind of thing. But uh, I need to hire one for myself. So um, what's the best uh, advice you have there, Joe, for a, a, a client coming in, maybe never had a home inspection? I highly recommend get a home inspection done. Coming from someone who has not done home inspections on homes they purchased, multiple homes they purchased and gotten burned time and time. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Why, why was that even a thing? Why, why was that? You were inspecting it Because I, I thought I was good enough. I was like, yeah. oh, I got, I've bought a few houses. I don't need to pay this extra money. And then um, next thing you know, I'm calling my dad crying and he's helping me rebuild a bathroom and that's yeah. falling into the earth. Um, things like that. Um, nothing major, just a few breakdowns. But um yeah, always get a home inspection and always make sure that you have a lot of different options to vet. So like with me and my process, like I've got three different local people that I've used plenty of times. They've all done fantastic work for me in the past. And I send that to my clients so they can take a look at it. And then if they want to go beyond that, you can hire whoever you want. 
those are just people that I've had success with and you'll probably have success with them too. And then I'd give them the option to call them up and um, decide who's the one that they want to go with. Um, that's a, that's kind of my whole main process on it, but just, just get one done. It's not that expensive. It'll save you tons of money. And it makes it so that we can negotiate on your behalf a lot easier. If we have something in writing that says, Hey, this is a problem because isn't the home inspector's job to make it look like the sky is falling. I mean, you're paying them to find anything that's wrong with this property. So a good home inspector is going to show you everything. Dude, made an ex- excellent, excellent point. When you hire a home inspector, he goes, does the inspection. He feels it is his job to put every teeny tiny detail on that inspection. And he's also probably trying to do you a favor so you can go back to the seller, depending on the market you are in, uh, as, as in the, uh, the financial market, um, and maybe ask for a couple of bucks, you know, so it keeps know, know that going in you, there are going to be dozens of items on every inspection in history. And that can be super scary for a new person. Am I saying, am I saying you should just skip over that stuff? No. Uh, but I, I do want you to be aware of that. I see Jordan and uh, Anna Kate shaking their heads. Did you experience that? And did it scare the crap out of you? Oh yeah. I mean, I think, uh, especially buying near the beach and we've, we've, we've had to do some things, uh, since then, like, for example, one of the things, uh, we've had to replace the, the HVAC system. Um, so that's one thing, you know, on the beach, it's a, roughly a 10 year life cycle, but yeah, we were like, Oh, this is, this is wrong with this. And this is wrong with this. And, and we're not used to a beach property. Right. So we don't, I don't know if this is a normal thing. Uh, I'm used to a Midwestern property and their houses are obviously built different, not on stilts. Uh, there's just a whole, there's an education process of how the home is built that I don't even have a clue about, um, which we'll probably get into insurance in a little bit, but then that goes into that of, you know, I'm looking back at Joe and be like, Hey, so is this normal? Is it, are these things normal? And I think one of the things that kind of kept coming back with Joe was like, Hey, you are like, our property is about a block from the beach. He's like, remember you're a block from the beach. You're a block from the beach and people are coming to go to the beach. So there are things that we need to fix with our house, but it doesn't have to be like primary home condition. I agree. I mean, yeah. When you're that close to the water with the salt and the sand and the water, uh, man, you can have, I, again, I just talked about this on a previous podcast. I was in San Diego. These houses are $5 million and they're like total, I mean, you know, kind of junky a little bit, depending on where you're from in the country, you know? So that's something to keep in mind. Um, uh, also I, I have uh, noticed that the home inspectors don't communicate that well in my experience. So the beat, know that going into it, um, I, for whatever reason, I always find these guys that just like, don't even want to talk to me. Um, and maybe there's home inspectors out there that do, but, and I think that a lot of that has to do with the fact that they go back to, um, you know, basically policy and like, uh, uh, best practices as far as being a home inspector and letting the inspection do the talking. And they're kind of worried that they're going to open their mouth and say the wrong thing, uh, or something like that. So, um, uh, Joe, I'm going back to you. How do I set that uh, communication precedent with, uh, with a home inspector? Mm, that is a great question. And, um, I really do think that's the trial and error. That's finding the reliable people. Um, Meg, like I'm, I'm assuming that you've got the same similar process in yours of where it's like, these are the people that I know that do a good job and show up and chat a little bit better, but I have some, had some, you know, regular ones that don't want to talk to me as well. I'm, I'm curious, yeah. like, did you, did you talk to people when you I never, did it? I'll be completely honest. I never practiced, uh, as a, I went to school, but never practiced. Um, and so I, I, I never, I never had a client. Um, so I can't, I can't, answer Meg, that would, Meg, would you hire Luke if he was a home inspector? Uh, 
Um, is he going to talk me through, is he going to talk me through the report after he's, it's generated and been sent? I think that's one of the the big things, a big criteria for me when I'm trying to identify a good home inspector. When I get that report, am I on my own or can I call you and ask you questions about it? You know, is that going to bother you? Um, I mean, I know to not stand behind you, like while you're doing the inspection, ask, well, what's that? And, you know, like let them do the job. But when that report comes back, are you going to help walk me through it? Because I am probably going to be scared. It is going to scare me. But I want to hear from you. Like, how big of a deal is it really, though? Yeah, that's that's going to be a whole lot of there's going to be a whole lot of reach the end of its useful lives and things like that. Uh, They're you know, they're going to speak in home inspector lingo. And they, quite frankly, are probably sick and tired of basically scared people calling and asking them, should I buy this house or not? You know, so it is a difficult thing to uh to uh to navigate joe i did it your way for a while i was self self inspecting again you can't do that in every state um and what i did was i got to the point where i i was okay with my my skills as being able to look at the house and uh, uh and know whether i wanted it or not it was it was just an organizational thing for me um number one i i would forget you know there was periods of time in my career where i was buying four five seven houses at a time and sometimes you don't even remember remember which one was which so you want to go back to the inspection and in short term especially i go back to the inspection constantly because you want to know how old is that water heater how old is that dishwasher and all that stuff is going to be in the inspection they may not put an age uh, depending on your inspector, you can ask them. That's an excellent question to ask an inspector going into it. Can you can you date everything in this house? Um, and because on most items, all you got to do is Google the serial number, and usually the the second or or third or fourth number of the serial number is the year it was made. Anyway, like a Goodman air conditioners is extremely easy to tell that kind of thing. Put all that stuff on a spreadsheet. You're going to want it later. When the guest says, hey, your dishwasher is broken, you go to your spreadsheet. Okay, this dishwasher is 14 years old. Let's just get it replaced. I don't even want to play around. But if you go to the spreadsheet and you say, nah, this dishwasher is only two years old. I bet you this guy's just drunk and can't figure it out. You know, so uh, I like to have all that stuff. Uh, and that's why, that's why I went, Joe, my whole point was I went back to getting professional inspections because I wanted to be able to refer back to that. I put it all in Dropbox and try to be as organized um, as possible. Um, how much can I, how much can I expect to spend on a home inspection in your market, uh, Joe? Great question. Uh, somewhere between it depends on everything that you want done. So like pest inspections are really important here too, and so like that's an additional tack on to the inspection report, and so it's going to be anywhere from. 300 to about $400 nowadays, um, to get one done. And, um, we, I always recommend just start with a basic home inspection and the pest inspection. Cause we have termites like we were talking about. And from there, if you see anything else major on there where it's like, Hey, this HVAC is just like not operating correctly. It's not doing this. That's when we can start looking at, okay, do we need to get like a full in-depth HVAC run through with like a licensed HVAC technician and things like things like that. So Somewhere in that three four hundred dollar range is where you should be falling. Joe Man. does let make a really good point that I would like to to add on to when he talked about you know if your home inspector um, can can tack those things on. I mean I don't know if any of my home inspectors they might be able to see if there's termite damage. They may not be able to identify it's if it's active or if it's you know if it's been. Um, you know, remedied. Um, but ask if you've got a pool or a hot tub, ask your home inspector if they can do the pool and hot tub as well. They just need to check that box. 
Um, often they, they may not charge you more for it, but if you're going to also hire a pool company to, in, in addition to the home inspection, I mean, that's going to be a whole nother fee. That's probably going to cost you more than if you can bundle it with your home inspector. So a little, maybe a little bit of savings there. Boom. All right. Cleaner time, cleaner time. The scariest part of the whole thing when you're brand new, you know, <laughs> um, we talked about this briefly uh, previously, but uh, Joe, uh, uh, tell me how easy they are to find, how difficult they are to find, where you're having success finding them. Mm, they are really, really easy to find really bad cleaners. It's really, really <laughs> hard to find good cleaners. Um, and the Spectrum all in between. My favorite place, I stole it directly from Management Monday, is I get on the locals' Facebook pages and I just search because the locals share their best contacts with other locals. You never post. They will kick you out. They do not like you um, unless you are local like I am. And then they kind of like you. Um, but yeah, you don't post. You just search for the best people. Um, that's where I've found the most success there. And just asking for straight up referrals from other hosts who are rock stars beside you, near you, enemy method it. That's where I'm finding the best cleaners. Well, thank you for the shout out there on Management Monday, which is, of course, uh, free for all short-term shop clients, uh, Management Monday. But anyway, uh, uh, Meg, uh, same question. Are you, uh, uh, it sounds like there's uh, the, no shortage of cleaners in Joe's market, although you still have to do your homework and, and hiring and firing is never easy. But Meg, uh, uh, decent amount of them where you are? Yeah, I would say so. And I think to Joe's point, the the networking locally um, as it turns out, I, when I, my short-term rental, uh, the cleaner I use is a mom friend of mine. And on the weekends she cleans houses and she's like, you know, let's work together. The house was, you know, we needed a cleaner and she's been great. I've actually referred her now to, to my buyers. Um, so she's now made my list. I'm sharing my cleaner with, with my people. So, um, yeah, there are some bad ones, uh, for sure. And which also is great is that, you know, our clients will often come back and say, Hey, try this person. You might want to know, like you might want to take them off the list, which, you know, we can talk about the list that's provided, but, um, yeah, pretty easy to find. And, and, you know, even, on the Facebook pages or, or working with your local agent, um, other buyers who've, who've closed with the short-term shop. It, it's such a, a, a helpful group and we all want to support each other that they're even willing to share cleaners and vendors with you as well. So, yeah, she's referring to what we call the list here at the short-term shop, which will end up in your man. We have a drop box. You'll get access to when you come to management Monday again. And, uh, um, it's, uh, it's basically just, uh, you know, our list of vendors that we've come in contact with, uh, over the years. And we're happy to share that with, uh, clients, uh, Jordan and Anna Kate, um, how long have you had your property and, uh, are you still on cleaner number one or, or no? Yeah, we've, we've had, uh, our property for about what, 14, 16 months. So I'm going to let Anna Kate talk more about that. <laughs> so yeah, we still have cleaner number one. Um, we actually found her on Thumbtack. Um, one fun fact about Thumbtack is that people that are advertising themselves there are paying for their name to be on that website. That was something really attractive to us because that showed motivation on her end to want to be advertising herself. Um, she was actually getting started. We were like one of her, one of five properties she was cleaning. Now she's got like a team of people and cleaning more of the Topsail Beach area. Um, but she is very personable, really easy to work with. And one thing we really needed is somebody that understood we were in Iowa <laughs> and needed really personal cleaner, like homeowner relationship. Um, so we found her on Thumbtack. Also got some recommendations for our 
lists, like if she was sick or had a car accident or couldn't get there because the time she was a one person crew um, from just neighbors. We have people in our neighborhood that have lived in the area forever and have personal cleaners. So that was really great to talk to them. Yeah, I'll add to that Management Monday. I think one of the biggest things that I gained from Management Monday, I don't even know if you were on or not at that time, but is just the mindset more than even the um, even the list and the Dropbox and all that stuff. It's just the mindset of how to go find people. It's just this the mentality. Um, we talked enemy method and those types of things. It's just it ch- kind of changes your mindset of hey, hey, this is my property now, so I got to go do some work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, you know, thank you. And I, I hope, uh, that it, it's, uh, kind of comes across as really not that big a deal because it's really not, you know, I, I do feel like we almost handpicked you guys because you have this Cinderella cleaner story here and the, and there, there are horror stories. Okay. So let's, uh, let's be perfectly clear about that. There are definitely horror stories, not just with cleaners, but hiring, firing anybody in any, um, in any career that you choose or any business that you get into, um, <laughs> So, but uh, I'm so super psyched that you guys have had a great experience there. That's awesome. That's what awesome. I'm hearing is if you buy anything on the North Carolina coast, you're only going to have one cleaner and she's going to be perfect. Well, I'm Joe didn't it. let us steal his cleaner. So we we're like, well, we're going to have to go figure out our own thing. <laughs> Which is always <laughs> awkward. I can't tell you how many times people, Luke, can I have your cleaner's phone number? And I'm like, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, uh, I'm at the airport, you know, <laughs> going through a tunnel. I can't, I, what'd you say? Um, you know, but, uh, okay, cool. Um, well, what did we miss? I think we, we did a pretty good job here. Um, uh, and, uh, I do want to thank you guys, uh, Jordan and Anna Kate for coming. You're awesome. Um, anything that anybody wants to, uh, to, to mention on the way out? Uh, yeah, I think uh, the only other thing we were kind of, kind of in the same lines. Um, we were talking about, uh, finding a realtor, um, they also need to know like the regulations. That was a big mm-hmm. thing for me because I was like, for example, Luke, I was looking at uh, Destin for a while and I'm like trying to understand 30A and I'm like, that's super comp- getting more and more complicated down there. Um, so you have to have somebody that knows the regulations. And fortunately, at least from what I understand, North Carolina is very little, re- little regulated at the, at the time. So, um, but there are other challenges like, uh, Meg mentioned, like the due, uh, due diligence thing. Um, that's a whole nother thing that's unique to North Carolina. Um, so, and Joe brought that kind of stuff to the table from a realtor standpoint that I would have had no clue otherwise. Wonderful. Look at you. Okay. Thank you so much. Um, well, listen, on behalf of the short-term shop, short-term show, special episodes, North Carolina, uh, I love you. Uh, I thank you. And uh, we'll, we'll see you soon. Uh, don't overthink it. <laughs>